Welcome to another episode of the Roll for Crit podcast. We're here to talk to you all about card games, board games, and tabletop games of all kinds, including even maybe some RPG stuff. We cover it all here on Roll for Crit, and we're happy that you're joining us. I'm Jonathan Estes. I'm Will Keeler. We're coming back from a Thanksgiving weekend or a full week, so I'm sure plenty of you have done a lot of uh, shopping for your Black Friday, Cyber Mondays, whatever deals are going on. Uh, Jonathan, did you did you do any shopping for this? Uh, I mean, not really. I didn't like go out anywhere on purpose. I certainly wasn't anywhere on Black Friday, uh, nor was I on the internet on Cyber Monday. <laughs> I I take Cyber Monday off. I don't even go online. Um, I did. Uh, I I told you this. I was I was accidentally at a Target. Uh, <laughs> That's how everyone week. gets there, except for me. I'm the yeah. only one who purposely goes there. <laughs> yeah, I just I woke up in the middle of the night and I was there for somehow. And uh, just impulse bought. They had that that gargoyles board game, gargoyles awakening. It was fifteen dollars, and I was like, there. I had to get something else, and I was like, eh, fifteen bucks. Sure, I'll throw that in there in the bag. So um, I, I've I've taken a look at the gargoyles board game, which is, I if nothing else, kind of impressive in terms of the the height of the game, but I can't speak to the mechanics themselves just yet. When you talk about height, are you mean like physically physical, literal like the height, attack on, uh, Titan board game, <laughs> like, like descent legends of the dark 3d <laughs> building terrain. Uh, what about you? I actually, after that, I had to pick up, I, can't, I, I forgot what I had, but I went to target. I was like, Oh, Jonathan, maybe I'll get there. The target I went to is like only these games, like all the, like only cards against humanity were on sale. Like mm. none of the regular titles, like oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't but, know how uh, many like great things they. I I noticed um because I checked that the Alien game wasn't on sale either. Did they even have it there? I saw it. I think I oh, saw it. Well, at least you saw it. I I every time I go, I don't see it. Like the one time I I think I've told on here before when it it actually wasn't supposed to be yet. However, I was, I was in a Target in Connecticut, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that could be. I, I honestly I don't know how well good this Target is when it comes to stocking <laughs> stuff. That said, I Miniature Market was having one, and I bought a bunch of things there, mostly gifts for other people. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was probably my my big splurge uh, shopping. Well, that's good. Yeah, I got some things on the Nintendo Switch eShop. That's all I did. Uh, but board games, that's about it. Uh, well, maybe we'll talk a little bit about some more Thanksgiving stuff later on. It's also Hanukkah. It's the oh, it's yeah. second or third night of Hanukkah, or maybe later, depending on when you're listening to this. So happy Hanukkah to people who celebrate that. And last week, you'll recall, we left our good friend Roland, mascot of the Roll for Crit podcast, in good spirits as he was enjoying a delicious feast similar to perhaps what many of our listeners enjoyed in the United States, at least. Uh, and he, he found uh, some, some comfort, s- some shelter uh, in, in a winter setting with a bunch of people cooking for him. It was all well and good. And of course, to start the show, we have to continue on uh, with, his, with his journey. And unfortunately, things are about to take a dark turn. Oh, no. Yeah. Everything seemed real good so far. You know, Roland was enjoying uh, his feast. This is Roland Criterion, of course, for those of you who are joining us for the first time. And uh, he was having a good time, but he he went to get something, went to get some some supplies, some extra, some salt and pepper from the cupboard to prepare. And he made a, a grim discovery that 
uh, some of the ingredients of this of this meal were in fact people. Oh, Soylent yeah. Green, delicious! Yeah. Turns out he's uh, he's found a he's found a tribe of cannibals, and uh, who knows if he's not careful, he could be next on the menu. All right, hold on, I, I have to ask this question first. When you say people, do you mean humans? Because he's an Asimar bard. Yeah, so, and that's just like, oh, it's monkey. <laughs> yeah, it's going. Uh, uh, well, you know, he's a he's he's a celestial being, and he he believes. Uh, did we ever? Did we come up with a? <laughs> Um, a, uh, an alignment for him? I don't remember. No, I think we, we we left it that he tends to shift with the world, with the tune. And if, depending on our guest's attitude, we didn't want to lock people out with how they felt uh, Yeah, Roland should play. Yeah, well, that's fair. Well, you know, I, I, I would imagine he generally leans towards uh, as, a, as an Asimar, a more good nature. That, that, that would be- that is probably pretty likely considering I'm on here who's always the goody two-shoes who may be influencing a bit too much. Well, we're in your shoes today because we do not have a guest this week. So it is incumbent upon you to decide how Roland is going to react to this discovery. Does he does he start fighting? Does he run away? Does he, does he do something hmm. else? You see, in most RPG games when this comes up, it's at a point where I can just do a save and just go, like, I already have a lot of good weapons. Roland, on the other hand, not so much. His max life is nine. And yeah. he has a healing spell. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he has any offensive, like, like uniquely offensive outside of a dagger. Oh, he not has a really. spear. I missed that. Mm. But yeah. uh, I don't think he's ready to take them on as much as he would like to. He's unfortunately got to get out of here. All right. So what's he going to do? Is he just going to book it? Is he going to sneak out? What's the strat? <laughs> well, first he's going to look around and see, make sure if anyone spotted him. I, I you know, like, because that's mm. usually like you've seen our secret or whatever. I All think right. that's the thing he's got to keep an eye out for. All right. So maybe that's our role this week is just uh, a perception check to, to make sure he's. I, I will say for safe. a bonus, since we don't have a guest. I'll know exactly what he does afterwards. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll roll that D20. Let's see how it goes. Oh, that's a six. Hmm. Hmm. Not that good. Even, even with our perception bonus for Roland, which is plus four, puts him at a 10. Uh, not that incredible. Now, now a low roll, that doesn't necessarily mean someone did or didn't see him. But I think in this instance, he's just, he's still not sure. He's, he's probably a little bit paranoid. Maybe there was some shuffling in the in the cupboard from behind him, and he doesn't know if he imagined it he or might not. Have, is he in a building? Because in my head, I'm like, he was outside. No, I think it's more like a it's more like a makeshift campsite, but there's like tents right. and stuff. Yeah. All right, so he's gonna try to crawl under one of the walls to in, to escape that way. Okay. <laughs> Actually, no, wait, no, no, no. I take that back. What he's going to do, and this is risky, and this is where we can leave it off for our next guest. He's going to use his cantrip of light because if he uses it in the tent, he'll see if there's any shadows like waiting mm. for him outside. Mm. Sure. You know, like looking through, you know, when you see the shadow. Sure. That could be a bonus or something. All right. So we're going to let we're going to wait till next week to find out how that goes. Yes. Hit, we'll, we'll end it here with the lights go on. And then uh, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully everyone listening uh, did not eat people at their Thanksgiving dinner. I would not su- uh, suggest it.
Yeah, it's probably safe to assume that they didn't. Uh, but, uh, you know, it doesn't always turn out so well. It depends on depends on who you are and where you are and what universe you're in. But let's move off of those horrible thoughts and ideas and into things that are fun and positive. Some fun board game news this week in the Roundup. News Roundup. Our first story actually occurred... Uh, a week or so ago, a little bit late to this one, but we're talking about it now. Wingspan, the board game designed by Elizabeth Hargrave and published by Stonemeyer Games, in which you are collecting various birds with various powers, building an engine, collecting eggs and such to score points. I think everybody knows what Wingspan is. I don't need to go into much more detail than that. Uh, has officially sold over 1 million units 1 million copies that's of Wingspan that's right have sold uh and i assume that's quite a flock oh boy okay that's enough <laughs> of that i assume this is uh that it's not it's not been specified worldwide i assume it's worldwide uh, just in general uh but it looks like from digging through the um elizabeth hargraves tweets this comes essentially as reported from stonemeyer games data as to what they have shipped so you know, technically, they don't actually know sales, but they know what retailers and other places have purchased copies of them from and how much they've printed so they can make a pretty good estimation. And from what I've seen, I, I you know, it's hard to find. It's not like video games or movies. There isn't that much hard data for board game sales a lot of the time. But I did at least see on, on Dice Breaker, I read that this was faster Faster to a million than, for example, Seven Wonders, which is another very popular card game that has hit a million sold. And it came out in 2019 originally, so it's been just about three years to a million copies. So uh, Elizabeth Hargrave is now in the in the club, a very small club of game designers, I'm guessing, who can make a fairly comfortable living <laughs> off of... <laughs> off of their game design career and only one off of just one game really i mean she has other games in the works and other games published but clearly wingspan is that like that would be enough like i don't i think if you designed wingspan you're in a good place you know you're not i don't think you're bill gates but <laughs> you're <laughs> like if you sell a million copies of it you're probably doing all right uh but i i mean i don't know what, what do you think about having sold a million units, I don't think it's too surprising, but it's also not something that I'm usually consciously thinking of. Like to me, I don't even really have a great concept to be honest of how many units of a board game is a success. I mean, it depends on the size and scope of the game, of course, but is, is, is a million rare is 500,000 also extremely good (laughs) to me. It is, (laughs) but I think it all depends on your perspective. It's, yeah, it's not something I know the data of. Like, are you, like Gloomhaven wasn't that like five million, but if you assume like as eighty to a hundred, that would be five hundred, like more probably five hundred thousand in Kickstarter sales. Mm, yeah, I don't. Are you talking about dollars or or? Well, five things? million, but if you divide it by five the million, average blood level, five. Oh, I see. Yeah, five. It I, made I'm trying five to million let, yeah. dollars. Uh, but yeah, how many did it sell? Yeah, I'm not going to do that math right now. It'll be embarrassing. <laughs> but like, uh, it, I mean, I'm it's a lot, and I'm really happy with it because I think Wingspan is. I love the game a lot. I think it it it, it tracks a lot of people. It's also I don't feel it's going to be too aggressive for newcomers to play, even though it, I'd still consider it a a reasonably like sized game. It's not like 
very, uh, I wouldn't like consider it like a simple game that I never go back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would call it like a pretty intermediate, like medium weight complexity game. Yeah, it has a lot to offer still. And I think it attracts, it's going to attract a larger audience. And of course, as you said, small club, female designer, which I think makes up only like 5% currently. It's like something really oh, yeah. makes, you know, I, someone else did a report and I'm blanking on the name. I feel terrible now who did a whole report about this with covers, game designers and stuff. So it's nice to see such a take uh, Elizabeth Daniel to take such an important role. And it's one that she has been using for the benefit, I think, of the board game community. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I certain I don't think when, you know, when we first played Wingspan, it was like, yeah, this is a fun game. I never would have guessed that it would become. I mean, I think it's in terms of hobbyist board games, it's probably number one right now. Like it's probably beat out. Catan, maybe not Catan at this point, but I think it's pretty close. Like, I think for a lot of people, when they think of a board game besides Monopoly and Scrabble, I think Wingspan has become the game. I'm perfectly happy with that. I want people to be like, oh, fun cards and cute illustrations. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty big achievement in a very short amount of time. And I, you know, I, I wonder if, if, uh, if and when another game will overtake that, particularly from Elizabeth, if, no. if I mean, but that's, you know, it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to beat your, your number one hit. If you come, if you start I, out I, that strong, I mean, I would like that, but I don't want it to be the focus. I do feel the constant beating of records is not a good headspace to be in personally. <laughs> yeah, well, well, how do you even, I mean, again, especially in board games, it's like, how do you even, how do you plan? How do you try? You know, you just make the best game you can and, well, you get into marketing and all that stuff. But what I wanted to ask you, because you brought it up earlier, you're like, there isn't as many discussion about sales in board games versus video games. Why do you think that is? Do you think because of what I said before, video games focus more on like, this needs to be the next biggest selling one that I just like, think it's, more... I know we have bigger companies, but to my knowledge, I never heard anyone say this is a triple a board game. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for whatever reason, I think part of it is because video games, I think, are much more quantifiable because they're they're digital, they're data. And it's it's I feel like it's easier to track, you know, how many people went into the working of this game and how long did it take and how much graphics do it have? <laughs> how much code did it require? Board games are so almost this like intangible who made it this person kind of designed it or this team designed it and then this person did the art and then this different factory made it and there's prototypes and was it a kickstarter and was it sold in big box stores or was it just sold locally was it sold online? that's yeah i think that's definitely a really big one even though and i do think it's a good thing to see these things pop up more and i think that's one reason wingspan did succeed in things like target and stuff but for the most part even the like card games, which definitely have are definitely closer to the video game in terms of selling numbers and stuff in the uh, negative ways, in my opinion. But like, I still think, oh, I'll, the game stores where I go, I need to, you need to go to a specific place. I don't think about that video game store. I don't think, I mean, I know there's like GameStop, but I don't, I think the outside of like something exclusive, usually I'm like, yeah, I can just get that Amazon and Walmart. Like, I don't think I need to go to a video game place. Yeah. Well, it didn't you always, it wasn't always the case, right? And I right. think that the, 
video games have been around as a mainstream hobby. I mean, it's it's complicated because there's board games that have been around forever, but yeah, they've been around forever. But I think uh, one of the reasons the golden age we hit, like I think video games bypassed that. They didn't have their as much of that boring, like the Monopoly game where everyone's like, oh, it's just for ki-. like even though they start in toy aisles because they became such a cultural importance because they're so crazy. You know, like no one ever thought I'd be able to walk around in a world and hop and be the hero in real time. You get to hop too. Well, I was thinking like Mario, like jumping, like <laughs> okay. just like the, it's a much, it was a much more visceral reaction. So it hit that like Katam was really the first time we were like, this is something I can be proud to talk about. I feel besides yeah. just like, uh, take it out on a rainy day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a few, there's some other examples, but certainly that was the first. Yes. I mean, there it's, I meant around that time, like Katan, yeah. the, I would consider that our, the, our new Dawn were yeah. the reason why we're able to have this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I think it's just a matter of time. I think it, I think it will be more complicated and probably more difficult to do, but I do think eventually s- someone somewhere, you know, they have the NPD which I don't know what that stands for, to be honest with you, but I always see the NPD numbers for the week are like the video game sales numbers. And I, I think at some point, some organization or some person is going to have to f- put that together for board games. I, I think someone will, and especially, I don't know, did that sale ever happen with Asmo Day? But Not that we know of. We know that sales have been going up. They're becoming a lot more attractive board games like this, so things like Wingspan. And hopefully... This is a big hope, but video game board games because they were actually slower than video games. We might be able to bypass some of the problems that are currently going on right now. I say some in a very like, you know, I think we still have some of these issues in our industry and communities to work with. But hopefully, we could sort of at least take some detours. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're in a. We're in it. We're in 2021. It's a different place. We have social media. <laughs> There's more culpability uh, in some cases for for some things. So yeah, uh, it's 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 definitely kind of fascinating to see that how these different forms of games evolve alongside each other. But let's talk some more. So congrats to Wingspan. We'll move off of that subject. Let's talk some more about some of the issues, some of the problems uh, that are happening in the world of physical game media we're talking more about pokemon this week the pokemon trading card game namely bootleg or counterfeit i should say pokemon trading cards there was a large portion of pokemon trading card games non-official counterfeit cards that were in fact it was 7.6 tons were intercepted and seized at a Shanghai airport last week, uh, which, uh, according to them, is one of the biggest hauls of, of counterfeit materials in, in recent years. I can't imagine. I, I wonder what the biggest ones were. I don't know how they if they publicize records like that or anything. For anyone curious, that weight is equivalent to the average trading card games collector's first binder. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's about it's about that much, uh, and it was twenty total boxes. And this is kind of this isn't really an international incident. They were scheduled to head out to the Netherlands, and it looks like most, if not all, of these cards were in Spanish. 
which I saw some people saying that that's like Spanish uh, counterfeit Pokemon cards are really big in some uh, Spanish speaking countries. And it looks like this yeah. is going to be distributed throughout Europe. I, I, I imagine so. By the way, I want to point out when you say boxes, you don't mean like a box of packs. <laughs> I'm not talking you're about booster boxes. Yeah. Yes. You're talking like the full, like, I think they call it a pallet a case. That's the word. A pallet has multiple cases. This is multiple pallets. So this is a lot of cards. Yeah. I mean, the weight should have given that away, but paper's <laughs> heavy. I'm I'm not surprised. I mean, just just look at how we. I mean, we've talked about so many stories about how much these things are selling and how hard some things are to get. Amazon actually recently has been selling a lot more magic cards, for example, and people have been talking about how they've noticed the plastic wrapping has been different. Uh, for Wizards, I don't know if Pokemon does this, but uh, Wizards, Jonathan, actually the plastic wrap says Wizards of the Coast on it. Like they're that worried that someone's going to open packs and like steal some from a box. Mm. And Amazon sales, there have been some issues there. Once again, mm. more likely better to go to your local game store where you, it's a little easier to trust. And it's just, I'm not surprised. This is... Th People joke that these companies are just printing money. So why wouldn't someone try to counter for it? Fit it? Yeah. Well, and this, this is right alongside also in the last week. I thought this was kind of interesting and, and ties in. A new record was set for the amount of money that someone paid for an original 1999 sealed Pokemon booster box. Oh, I forgot. I also bought this on Black Friday. <laughs> this was the first edition. <laughs> it sold for $432,000. So that's what the guy bought with his fake COVID money. Yeah, right. Uh, so I'm just but like these between these two stories and also, you know, everything from the past six months to a year that we've been hearing about with Pokemon. It's just to me, it's insanity. <laughs> I don't. It's really crazy to me that you know, this is 20 years after this thing debuted that we're, we're reaching new feverish heights of, of money and people clamoring and, you know, tripping over themselves to get these cards just compared to so many other things. You know, you think of like Beanie Babies or Furbies or something where usually the trend is they're really hot right away and they die down. And this stuff is just it's crazier than it's ever been. Right Part now. of it is it's a game like these are, are yeah. in some sense of pieces that are required to do something. You know, a Beanie Baby, once it's there, it's there. Um, And of course, you can have tea parties with them. You can. But <laughs> I mean, it's not expected, I guess. And once again, uh, and of course, this goes back to my whole reason of why, like when people say like, well, I don't want to reprint. It'll ruin the value. something. I'm like. Look, this stuff's already sunk for so much. A reprint, like, imagine if the reprint took 10% off that box, Jonathan. It's a lot, but you could still, look, think how much you could buy for that box that sold that you brought up. What, let's see, it was 400? Yeah, almost half a million dollars. Yeah, you, you'd still have around th uh, 390,000. I, I still, I think that's, that's, that's still fine. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really it's really madness. And you know, the counterfeit thing is also not anything new for any kind of physical board game. We've been talking about that for a while. Yeah. I remember a while back we were talking about I think it was Asmodee in particular got hit hard. I think I think it's still on Amazon. I still is still an it's still an issue. There's there's still out there. 
but and, and I and I assume I wonder if the people who manufactured these fake cards, they must have already been paid for it, right? Like they've shipped these, they've been sold. I assume so. That would be my guess. However, because they've caught it mid transport, did it say which? Okay, it was found in China, so it found much closer to the origin source. My guess, they can track them down, force, like, you know, capture the people who did it. And I wonder, do you get your money back? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, it would be interesting to follow that police case, the <laughs> following the trail of the fake Pokemon cards. It's not as glamorous as, you know, the, the heroin <laughs> cases of old, but Look, that's what we have now. Fast and Furious started with mm-hmm. a movie about stealing electronics. Mm-hmm. The new one's got about, like, We've got two two trucks full of Pokemon cards. Yeah, <laughs> except now they'd be saving the world somehow. They've they've got oh, no, 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 no. There's both going on, and Vin Diesel actually gets a real Pikachu. Yeah, like it's a crossover with Detective Pikachu. Maybe he's tracking down the cards. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, some Pokemon madness there for you. Let's talk about a couple of uh, new games that are coming out or announced recently. First, uh, there's a new one from Blacklist Games. Mega Man Adventures. They've got a new game based on the Mega Man video game series, talking about video games and bringing these two worlds together. Uh, now there was a, there's a Mega Man game from Jasco Games, uh, and there right, may and be that had others. Painted minis in, it, if I recall right. That sounds correct. I think maybe that's a Kickstarter thing. Uh, this new one, Mega Man Adventures, uh, sees you working together cooperatively. You are rolling dice, and you're playing as different characters from the Mega Man franchise. And you're trying to overcome challenges, which essentially are, you know, there are spots on an enemy card that you need to cover up with certain die symbols. So you're trying to roll them in order to do that. You're also going to have cards that you can use to manipulate the dice and to um, support your teammates. So you can uh, play those cards to help each other. And it's going to have, of course, the whole Mega Man thing of beating a boss and getting some kind of an enemy and the bosses are, are sorry a weapon not an enemy and the bosses are going to be weak to certain types of weapons so you can work through that you'll also be able to play this solo uh or as a standalone game or even as uh, an ongoing campaign uh and it, so it looks like it, it covers Mega Man's one through three it's just the nes titles so oh wait no there's like five or six were on nes anyway the first three Mega Man <laughs> games uh so i think the like you would play through like each game would be one of those titles or you could kind of play through the three of them in one long go uh were you ever a Mega Man guy you ever do any Mega Manning? i was not i have did i i think i maybe played one i don't even remember which one because it was back like on a rom <laughs> you never you didn't get into the uh the Mega Man 9 hype on the Wii uh, shop channel. <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I want to say, even not playing it, I love that box. Oh, yeah. The box looks like a big... <laughs> it looks like a an NES cartridge, but th- with more three-dimensional behind yeah. it. <laughs> but I, it, it looks... It's perfect, I feel. like I almost want, like... I, I would imagine if I like had like wanted to collect NES games to be in a box like that. Right. You know. It's kind of like the 8-bit box but thing. It, like it seems like, I think, a solid game progression system for a board game going through this. I mean, and recognizable characters. You have played through more of these. The video games. Yeah. Yeah, I like Mega Man a lot. 
Um, main, mainly, I have just played the first three NES games. I didn't play them like when I was a kid. I played them uh, later on in life, but I got into them. Um, uh, yeah, it, it it seems fine. I don't know why to me, Mega Man. I didn't play the other Mega Man board game either. But looking, reading through the this, I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, maybe Mega Man just. Maybe it's one of those properties that just works as a video game and doesn't need to be a board game. Uh, I can completely understand that. They're just more in general. I've just been like whether something gets adapted from one media to another. And I'm like, this just isn't as good as the original. Yeah. Sometimes. Mega Man 2 is just, you know, it's so much about. I mean, all the game is is your reaction time and your your movement, and you you can try you try to mimic those things in the board game, but it's just not the same thing. I'm, not that you can't. I mean, you can make a good game with any theme, I think, but it's it's not one that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so excited for it. But maybe it will maybe it will surprise me. I don't know. They are they are definitely appealing to the nostalgia which I feel like the other Mega Man game also did. So I also kind of feel like it would be, maybe it'd be cool for somebody to do a Mega Man game that's not just super retro looking. Because, you know, Mega Man has like so many different incarnations. Oh yeah, there's like the, I think there's like an X one. There's then there's an like, X. There's the, t- <laughs> there's the TV show I remember watching like an episode of as a kid. Like that was Saturday morning. I think they made games for. There's the Legends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, but anyway... Uh, that is up for pre-order right now from Blacklist Games for 40 bucks. So, you know, it's like, that's pretty reasonable. It's a, a reasonably that's a, priced that's, game. That's within, I think, the the solid, especially if, because uh, this is Mega Man, you're more likely to get people who maybe aren't like, oh, I know all these board games. You know, we probably, if for our own purchase CBC a game like Descent Price, we're like, okay, we get that. I think that would make some people like, why would you pay that much for cardboard? Right. <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems reasonable. It's probably less than the cost of one Mega Man game when it came out for the NES. Uh, and estimated to come out sometime like in spring of next year. By the way, Blacklist Games also has a Contra board game, which has the same style of packaging. So you could get a collection of giant NES games on your shelf <laughs> that uh, you, you rifle through those. And it's a lot harder than just a regular NES cartridge. So that's Mega Man. There's also some news of the uh, imminent release of a new collection of Star Realms games from Wise Wizard Games. Star Realms is a deck building game that began its life in a tiny little box that was a simple deck building game where you were competing with spaceships to take out each other's life forces for two players and you could buy more boxes to add more players to the game. And as the years went on, they had Kickstarters and they had expansions and they had booster packs and they just had all these different, so many add-ons. Now they have a new full box version of the star realms game, which includes the original core set. It's got some expansion cards, got like the gambit stuff in there. It's got an actual board. So you have an actual layout of where to put your cards uh, and it will work out of the box for up to four players. I, I just wonder how you feel about this as someone who has, I think a decent chunk of the star Realms stuff. Is this a, you know, was star realms, was Star Realms better as a small little box for 15 bucks that you could buy? Or is this cool that you're getting a, a Star big Realms was fantastic as the small box. You mix match. And when the first pack came out, 
it was a cool idea. Right now, it to me at least, it it's as confusing as Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> like I don't know how many products are there are and how many I need of each one. Of course, and that does not even count with promos and things like that. So if this is their way of trying to streamline it and make it a lot easier, then I'm all for it. But if this is just another way to sell a bigger core and you still have to hunt down the other stuff, like that's the problem. I cannot tell you what I own. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I've actually been able to get. I I, I just gave up. <laughs> I'm assuming most of yours you got through Kickstarter. Or no? I think I only backed like one or mm. two things through Kickstarter. Like that's usually my problem is stuff like this. I'll I'll back a like kickstarters and then because it's just like you get everything i don't pay attention to it so then no yeah that is very true in <laughs> fact the video uh we just put out i did a one for dinosaur world i didn't know until after i was editing it the solo mode's not included in the base mm. i was like and so i talked about it, i'm like this is really fun the solo mode's so good and then i'm like and i was like why why is it? oh no that's in the add-on pack yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, we live in a strange world when it comes to those kinds of things. Yeah, it doesn't look like... So nothing in this box, uh, I don't think, is a new content except for maybe the the board and stuff. Maybe they've sold that separately before or as a playmat. They've had playmats, but I don't think they've had a hard board, so uh, which something. is to be expected. Yeah, and even though it has old stuff, like I said, I'm fine if they make it so I can actually know what the hell I need to get. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like... The game itself is good. Yeah, it looks oh. like a decent set. Like, I think if you... If you didn't have it and you were into deck building games, maybe it's kind of nice to have like a box. Like if you didn't do one of the Kickstarters where you got some kind of a storage box uh, and you don't want to have like the flimsy little box, you want something that'll fit on your shelf alongside everything else. Yeah, it seems like if if going yes. forward, this is their like, this is the game now, that would be cool. And I think that's what they need to do, especially the size. Though I will say that small box is so nice in an sort of unrelated but for cartographers i got like the special big box that fits everything and now i'm like oh, this this is not the small rolling ray i can carry around anymore this this is <laughs> yeah. this is the same size as most of our other big boxes <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you uh, similar like with hostage negotiator start started out as this very portable little solo game. And now they, you know, there's literally a space in the big box for the original hostage negotiator box. <laughs> you just put the box right in there. Uh, so yeah, it's things, these games can get out of control sometimes, but it is what it is. People like it, I guess. Gets, gets well, the problem to... is people are like, Oh, this is great. The small can take it everywhere. And rightfully so the company's like, okay, let's make more for it. Cause people like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's not small anymore, but we're already too far in. And I don't mean to, to rag on them. It's just that it's one of those things that for me, sometimes it's just like, I even brought this up. I think when we were at Gen Con, like all my purchases I really liked were like no bigger than maybe a red like, box. Oh, they're a lot smaller than they were smaller than a loaf of bread. I'd argue. Yeah. You know, and I liked having like, I'm not getting another giant game. Granted, apparently I made the terrible decision not by a, Cascadia, I think it is, because mm. that's on a, a lot of people's like best game of the year, best like best list for this year. And I remember being like, uh, "Oh, we'll get it later." Now I'm like, "Oh, maybe if I if they if I see that packs." And we already got we got brew. I don't need two games with a deer <laughs> on the front. <laughs> it's only so much room for deer games in a year. 
All right. So uh, stay tuned for Star, Star Realms. You can pre-order that. I think it's supposed to be like shipping pretty soon. So check that out at wisewizardgames.com and let us know what you think. But let's move on from the news and let's talk about some interesting projects on Kickstarter this week. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. This one. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Once again, it's just the two of us, so uh, we got all the choices just for us. No other greedy guests coming in to <laughs> snatch them up before we can. So you got your pick, and what is it? I'm going to start off with Octopus Guard, or sorry, Octopuses. Octopi? How would you say that, Jonathan? <laughs> yeah, I, I like the like the classic Beatles song, Octopus's Garden. Thank you. And this game, you are building this small underwater garden, buying tiles. But what I thought looked really cool is how the tiles interact, how they group them up, they trigger things. And the, your money is actually pearls, which are made from oysters, but oysters actually make you lose points. But you can buy a starfish tile that moves around the board and eats the oysters, but that's also removing your income. So that looked like a clever, fun mechanic to dance around when trying to design, like, do I make an oyster pen? Like, these ones never get touched. <laughs> or, like, do I have... So, it looked like a very cute, fun game, and also, Underwater theme allows them to make these very pretty reefs. Yeah, I, th so, yeah, I saw this one, too. It's it's a tiling game, as you, as you say. It's sort of, I, I would think, in the vein of kind of like a calico, only it seems not nearly... You have a lot more flexibility in this one of some of your pieces can like move around and stuff like that. But I like the way that you buy things in it. There is a, a grid, a three by three of the different tiles, and you have to buy one full row or one full column. So, and you have to be able to afford the whole thing too, obviously. So, you know, you, you might, I, I think that's an interesting choice to have to make of taking certain tiles maybe you don't want as much but there's other ones in that row that you really want to make sure you get That's or you're forced to buy one because you're like if i leave this out you're gonna have like three corals in a row right right <laughs> or whatever it is yeah so yeah i think I thought this one looks cute and also we need more beatles games we have ticket to ride i feel garden very embarrassed because i remember i, I saw this as like Octopus card. I've heard that before. What was that? <laughs> I can't well, believe. I don't know I just, if I don't know if the like Ringo Starr made that up or was that a thing that people talked about? Was that like a even phrase? if it is? I feel like because Beatles, it's a Beatles song. It should be like the. It's like saying if you hear the word Jurassic. I don't think it's bad to think Jurassic Park before you think of oh the Jurassic era, the time period one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's also I feel like it's also famous for being. Um, uh, like people kind of make fun of it because it's Ringo's song and he didn't write that many <laughs> songs, uh, but it's it's a fun, goofy song. But it is. Yeah, it is interesting that, it, yeah, they just went with that title and I guess they don't need to worry about copyright. I guess they they don't have to clear that with with the Beatles people. <laughs> Maybe it's too generic. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I guess. Um, song uh, titles. So, uh, so, I don't know. The world of song copyright is a very weird place, especially right now. With them changing some of the rules, like with the the Taylor Swift re-recordings and stuff, but for yeah. this game, you only need thirty dollars, so you do not need to pay a very high price yeah. or worry about uh, copyright when getting it. There you go, Octopus Garden looks cute. Um, here, I'll I'll jump in here with one of mine. Go for it. Uh, I th I think honestly the one that I 
am most interested in this week is one of the smallest ones that there is. It's a game called Voyages. And this is a, a roll and write game where everybody's got a ship and you roll three dice at the start of each round, just regular six-sided dice. And you decide how you want to assign them. So you use one to determine how many spaces your ship travels, one to determine the direction it's going. And uh, the last one is for some kind of a task on your ship. You'll get to like cross off some spaces. And depending on which number it is, maybe you'll finish a row or column or whatever, get like a reward. And there's a big old map where you're, you're moving your ship all around, all over the board. You can hit, you know, buried treasure and islands and stuff like that. And the other cool thing about this game is that it's they are offering it only as a print at home game. There's no there's no shipping. Uh, there's not going to be a box of this game. All it is is a sheet of paper. You provide your own dice and your pencil, and you it's you know like a lot of roll and write games. You can play it with you know a million million people. So you just print off as many pages as you need for whoever's playing it, and it's six dollars U.S. dollars to back it, and you get. Uh, a couple of maps emailed to you. And they also said they're going to be working on more maps and stuff in the future. You could also, they have some ways for you to do it digitally. If you don't have a printer uh, that's convenient for you, but it looked like a pretty, like a, a decently fun uh, roll and write game. If not relatively basic, I liked the idea of it. And I just think it's very interesting seeing how in light of all the shipping issues we're having right now, I feel like this is one area where it's like, you know what? let's just bypass that <laughs> you back this the, game you just get it the game about chips bypasses chips <laughs> that's right yeah it's... No, i like it because think about it, jonathan what you could do and i think about this just because you mentioned it uh like if we were to stream it jonathan you don't need to print it out you just open it up and like paint or something you just draw lines <laughs> people yeah. can just watch you play that way yeah for 100 percent. i'm sure you could put it into like uh maybe roll 20 or something i'm sure there's programs that might work for that as well uh but yeah it's it's cool they they recommend uh sketch.io so maybe that's it's a they say it's a, it's a free website where you can upload an image and draw on it so the, even easier you don't even have to have a program on your computer so yeah i thought this one looks pretty cool it seems like a, almost a no-brainer to back because it's so cheap uh it's called voyages uh what else did you see on kickstarter this week well this one is a big one but it, it caught my eye and that's uh harakiri blades mm. of honor yeah it's one of those large questing games where with this one has a feudal japanese theme from what i can tell but i'm sure other uh asian influences as there seems to be a uh, goku figure <laughs> i like like the, goku goku <laughs> no sorry the king of monkeys like oh, the thing goku is based on yes okay what uh, looked interesting to me is that you move around a board doing small quests like it's a map but then there's times when you'll zoom in like into like you're actually in a, a castle or a village and depending on what you do before you may have different actions or different bonuses and there are things in the map like it looks like some places like there might be a cannon there you can fire hmm. and of course plenty of big miniatures for you to uh, mess around with. I mean, this is a big Kickstarter after all. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is one that I, that I, I glance at. It's, do, it's doing very well. I mean, it has not been up for very long and it's already got over well, well over um, double its funding goal. And uh, it looks cool. I also, you know, it's one of those games that I honestly just looked at and went, I can't, 
<laughs> it's just I, I, I look. I won't disagree with you on that. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm tired. <laughs> I, I can't. I was really more interested in the rest of it. Like minis, definitely are not the first. Like that's not what caught my eye. Yeah, there are plenty of times minis come out. I was more like, oh, this actually looks like a game I would like to play. You know? Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, I th- I think we you know we got a uh, yeah. I, I should oh, mention well, yes. like I said. It's big, so yeah. the basic pledge is $124, but odds are, if you're looking at this, you're not just going for the basic pledge. <laughs> it's got all those sweet add-ons. Yeah, let's see how long it takes this one to hit a million copies. All right, so that is Harakiri on Kickstarter. I think we got to mention the Stephen Rhodes Games Volume 2. Yeah, I had that one open up just for the uh, Cryptozoology for Beginners game. Yeah, well, re- since we really you know, don't that one. we reviewed the first set of games, three different games based on the art of Stephen Rhodes, and we talked about a little bit of them on the on the show. And these are these simple, casual games with very weird uh, '70s style artwork and creepy, weird, strange themes and stuff. Um, yeah, the, I, I mean, the one that I think I thought was I was sort of intrigued by was the Exorcist one because it's like a hidden role one. And I thought, oh well, that seems like a no brain. It seems like they're trying to do like every one game genre. for every genre yeah <laughs> they have a hidden roll they've got like a dice rolling they've got a, a board movement or whatever you know uh so that that's kind of that's kind of neat and and the themes look similar to the first game they look the first set of games they look funny and weird and cute in a sick kind of a way <laughs> uh i can't you know personally i don't know that i need three more of these games <laughs> but <laughs> uh you know they're they're cool and if people are really into that art style i'm glad they exist for those people mm-hmm. um but i mean was the cryptozoology just because you know because cryptozoology was there anything special about it besides that <laughs> that interested you i like the the set collecting idea like you have assignments so it's not always just the same one sometimes you may be looking for different ones man what you get but yeah i mean i won't lie the the humorous cryptozoology definitely caught my eye with it yeah, you can get all three of those for $55 that comes with the exclusive slip case. So that's that's kind of neat. Uh, or you can just get them separately. Um, I also saw there's a new uh, Roll and Play project up, which we we reviewed uh, sometime maybe a year ago or so. Roll and Play is this mm-hmm. Game Master's Companion for fantasy role-playing games, which is a bunch of tables and charts and stuff to help you during the game. Uh, it was a pretty neat little book. And this is a new, it's, it's called the Game Master's Christmas Essentials. And it's just a shorter PDF uh, ebook that has some holiday-themed... Oh, uh, no, I love stuff. it. I, I, I The Great Fur Dragon? Adorable. Yes, <laughs> yes F-I-R. Uh, yeah, the pudding gremlin. I mean, there's all kinds of weird Snowfinks. things, ideas for monsters and towns and encounters you can throw at your players. I, I, I mean, I'm only pulling up now, but I'm sure there's some. There's got to be something Krampus related in here. <laughs> for, yeah, perhaps that'd be good. And you know, because it's it, it's a PDF. It's one. It's a holiday themed thing that you could actually back and get in time for the holidays if you wanted to run a campaign themed around that. So that's uh, the roll and play uh, Christmas essentials. Anything else that you were looking at this week? Uh, I think that covers most of it. Yeah, that was covers it for me. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I was surprised after the week before we talked about how we didn't feel like there wasn't nearly as much. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe it's after Thanksgiving, there's like, no, no, we got a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, still, like, nothing, no real major projects. Right, no, but I I still felt like there was some, yeah. it just seemed like I actually had to make a bit more decisions. I will say, I, I do know that Octopus's Garden was supposed to launch last week and got pushed. Uh, and also, there was also supposed to be a, or there should be at some point, a new Borderlands game. But at the time of this recording, it still hasn't launched. So mm. maybe next week we'll talk about what we think about that more video game board game stuff all right so that's what we've been playing uh let's move on to table talk right now i don't know if my table talk table talk table talk as we said it was a big holiday thanksgiving weekend as well as a hanukkah weekend following right after that so hopefully people listening who have families that like to play games and have fun with them, got the chance to do that kind of thing for the holiday, see people they don't always see. Was that uh, anything uh, like your experience, Will, or was there any gaming that happened for you in the past week? Not exactly. There wasn't really too much gaming. It honestly was more of prepping for some final preparation for the Dinosaur World video. Though I do want to quickly bring up for that, I, when playing that, I went back to Island. And first of all, wow, that rule book. I want to now go back to older games and see the rule books and like, do I just not remember? And the rule books were so bad then, but, but just, that's what we were used to. So we're like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> well, Dinosaur Island isn't that old, is it? When did that come out? Three years ago? Two or three years? Uh, three that years is ago? a great question. <laughs> it was older, I'll tell you that. <laughs> It's probably one of those things where I'm like, isn't it come out last year? And it's from like 2013. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm old now. Yes, we are. Uh, no, that's playtime. <laughs> it doesn't say the year right next to it. I'm 20, uh, 2017. 2017 was Dinosaur Island? Yep. Wow. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's pretty old. <laughs> that's that's a while ago. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk a little bit here that I didn't in the video, which made me laugh because I, I, I didn't occur to me until we I was editing and be like, did we review Dinosaur Island? Which we did. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't uh, have answered that question, by the way. <laughs> it was definitely one of our earlier ones. It's We still had the crit miss system. Okay. Sorry, but... I I really don't want people to look at me when I before I had the beard, but <laughs> it, it seemed Dinosaur World actually last month in my in my world that was last month. Go on, Dinosaur World actually it seems to like take on a, almost all the misses we had. I say almost very. What do you mean like, by that? One of our misses, for example, was that we felt all the buildings were the same. There's now a stack of unique building tiles. Mm. Like it's like. And there was something, now I'm blanking on another miss. I was like, oh, they fixed that in Dinosaur World. They watched our video, obviously. Yeah, apparently. Except they didn't, the one thing they did do is, which I didn't feel like, which is funny because I didn't feel like when I played, quickly played a game some Dinosaur Island, you, uh, I, I assume, uh, we brought up it was a miss that it took a lot of table space. Yeah. <laughs> they went yeah. in the opposite direction of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. World laughs at Island, says, hold my beer. <laughs> I put up a photo of one of the four player games finished. You know, the, my sort of beige wooden table. Uh, um, I keep by the games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Like, you'd say that's a reasonably sized table. You're not usually too worried about bringing a game to that table, right? That's probably, what, a standard, like, six by th- three, maybe, or something? It's a, maybe a little bit bigger than three, that, maybe. but it is a solid sized table. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it fits like maybe, four, I, I think it reasonably fits two chairs per side plus one on each end. It yeah. has a bench, technically. This, like, it technically fit. It was squeezing. Some tiles were technically, like, off the edge a little for parks. <laughs> like, yeah. This is that I, I made it a miss. Honestly, to me, it's too much space. I think either size of components or mechanically, or maybe like dropping some mechanics, they could have shrunken it down a little bit, but that was just, that's pretty much all that. In fact, I'm going to be talking a bit more when we get to the, in our audio expansion, I did a lot of um, catching up on some TV shows. So all right. <laughs> that's what that was my mostly my break but according to our little doc here you, you actually got to play something i'm very excited to hear about i did but before that i'm going to tell you about something that's oh, not exciting or interesting at all uh <laughs> well, <laughs> well i thought I'd, I'd come in with um i i did see family for for thanksgiving and mainly i spent two days running around with my niece and nephew who are three and five no, almost basically four and five years old. And uh, I, we did we did get to play one board game together, which was Operation. What do you think about that? Regular? Which version? The classic, classic Milton Bradley or whoever. Does they even exist anymore? Is it just Hasbro now? I don't know. Uh, Operation, a guy who needs stuff taken out of his body. <laughs> Which, uh, first of all, not having thought about this game in any real kind of level in many, many years, it's that's a, it's kind of unsettling. It's sort of disturbing. I kind of don't, it, like, it makes me uncomfortable to play. <laughs> like, the way that the body looks, you know, like, you know, tryptophobia, you know, that thing people have, like, fear of clumped holes, like sponges scared. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I sort of have that in some, like, when yeah. you edit the body, it's like, oh. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the operation board is borderline that kind of thing. It's I could see that. <laughs> I could totally see that. It's kind of creepy. Uh, and the other Plus, thing... Yeah. you know, you throw in the fact you're like, and you just... <laughs> loud noise probably just help us. Yeah, we didn't play by the rules, by the way, which I don't know if you know there are rules to this game that um I mean I assume there are rules. I'm not shocked <laughs> you didn't play by the rules. Like I wonder what's the age you should expect kids. I don't know what age it will be when you're like, yeah, we play by the rules. I just Soon feel I like hope. they're not yeah. <laughs> well, Soon no, I the hope. problem is I think because you have two kids of close age together, you have to start with the bottom one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, officially you're supposed to, you actually go around, uh, like, so you draw a card and it says, take out the Charlie horse and everybody takes a turn. And as soon as you hit a wall and it buzzes, you're out and the next person tries. And then if you, nobody can do it, then it just goes away. And each one is worth a certain amount of money. Also, I guess, based on how difficult they are to take out. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Um the the thing that always like blows me away looking at this game and also like Candyland that they have it's just how cheap these games are. <laughs> like we're so I feel like jaded by the modern board games and man the like the cards and even the little things that you're pulling out of the guy they're just so crappy. <laughs> I, I don't think we're so jaded. Bad. I think we have an expectation. I mean this goes back to what I was saying before with like video games. Like one of the reasons we're sort of behind is 
that's what a lot of people are like, oh, it's a thing you take on a rainy day. It's not that amazing well thing. Now we're like, no, we're we're not dealing with cheap cardboard anymore. Yeah. We want nice cardstock. I th- I mean, we joke oftenly how used to be like if you got a, a game based on a property, you like if it's a movie or like Pokemon or you're like, oh boy. You right. know, like little effort in rules, quality. That's not the case anymore. We have expectations. Yeah, it is true. And I, I think I think part of it is also that they expect that these games are going to be played by little kids who are going to destroy them. So, like, why should they bother making the components nice? <laughs> uh, but you can also, they're so small, these little tiny, like, thin, and they're just white. These They're just white plastic. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of shaped like an apple, I guess. <laughs> but it's just so uninteresting. So, uh, yeah, that was my big holiday game <laughs> was Operation. But... When I came home, uh, I actually had this already. This came in the mail from Kickstarter. Uh, the final girl game from Van Ryder Games that I've been anticipating for a while. Final Girl is a solo-only game that uses the same system, more or less, as Hostage Negotiator, their pr- previous game. Yeah, but this one is horror-themed. And in each scenario you play as a different final girl uh based on you know the stereotype of the cliche i should say from horror movies where there's like the last girl standing that takes out the scary bad evil guy and just like hostage negotiator you have cards that you play to accomplish certain tasks and for each one you're rolling a few dice and you want to get a five or a six for a success if you get a four then you can trade in two cards to convert it to a success if you don't get any successes then you fail or Maybe you'll get to do the thing, but with some kind of a consequence. And the 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 then there's a lot of differences. Other than that, the games are pretty different. This one has a full-on map, an actual board that your character walks around. So it's not just you're not just on a phone with the guy. You're actually at a location. And hostages, in this case, in this game, they're called victims, are going to be on different spaces. And when you go to them, you actually can take them with you and take them to spaces to rescue them, which you'll be rewarded for. Or the killer, uh, who's also walking around the map, might move towards them and kill them. And your goal is to attack him using attack cards and take out his life before he can do the same thing to you. There's also items in this one. Certain spaces you can search for items from different decks. Uh, There's events that might happen. It, It adds a lot more stuff on top of the hostage negotiator framework it's it's uh, definitely a heavier more involved game not by a ton but there's a lot more there's more going on for sure now the the killer are there different versions yes so this is the this is one of the weird things about this game there are i think it's five currently five different sets so there's five different villains five different uh, locations and I think 10 different girls you can play as that all have their own abilities. Some, something like that. And you can mix and match them however you want. So even though there's like, you know, there's a a poltergeist that goes with like a haunted house, you could put the poltergeist in the scary campgrounds if you wanted to. I mean, I I need to ask, is there an alien? Not yet, but uh, that I believe that's confirmed for season two. Okay. Okay. Good. That's going to be Good. coming as well as I read uh, something inspired by the thing. So Ooh. that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was just being very generic. I, 
that's always the fun thing when you say alien, you're like, do you mean just alien in general <laughs> or are you talking xenomorph? Yeah, this is, I think they're going xenomorph. But what's weird about that, so I, I backed for all of these different sets. And uh-huh. what's, what's interesting is the way they did it, um, which was known at the beginning too. I think we maybe even have talked about it when it first launched. Um, the core set does not come with any villains or maps. Sorry, to, what now? In order to play Final Girl, you must buy the core set and at least one other box. I'm sorry, that's a little... <laughs> well, the idea from their perspective, it was that this way we don't force anyone, to, whatever theme you like, whatever genre you're more interested in, none of these are going to be the default. You decide which one you want. Um, which, which I, I do kind of like, I mean, I think that's fine. And I don't think, I don't think they're like ripping anybody off. Like, I, I think the price would be the same if you were to yeah, buy no, two of them. I don't, I don't, it's not a rip off per se, but it just feels like it's the kind of thing that like, if you are more of a, I, I assume all the monsters and killers, as you sort of hinted at are based off of famous horror movie genres and tropes. Genres yeah. And tropes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, go with the Poltergeist. If that was the one the core set, I don't think someone's going to be like, I was going to buy this, but really because the Poltergeist is the one I get. And then if you buy the core set for someone like, oh, they love horror movies. This is great. And you don't know you have to buy a pack. That, yeah. It, it just, yeah. like, I get where the, it comes from. I just feel like the problems that arise aren't worth it, I guess. Yeah, well, here, here's what I'll say. Um, like, I, I, I mostly agree with you. Uh, it there it is just it is pretty weird to open that box and not have a game in there <laughs> uh, fully, and I do think because the one one of the ones I mentioned the campgrounds one with the uh, I forget what his name is but it's like a guy who wears a pig mask and he's like a he's basically your um, Jason Voorhees standing yeah um, it, it, it like that's this one of the simplest sets it doesn't really have as many special rules it really does feel like you should have just put this should have just been the standard one. Uh, I think it should have just been in the box, honestly. Uh, but that being said, you know, it's a weird thing. I don't know, you know, if they're going to be even, maybe they aren't even selling this really outside of conventions and Kickstarters. So for them, maybe that's not even a factor of someone doing it by mistake, but I, it's true. I guess it's a shame because I do think it's a per like just the general of like hot, when I know the hostage negotiator and this theme, it seems like such a perfect game to get more people on. Cause like horror movies are a huge, you know, are very popular genre. And this game just seems like a great fit. Cause it's a solo player game. You know, you don't have to feel you can, you can buy this for yourself. Right. So yeah, well uh, my, my con, my conflicted nature goes deeper because go, go, go ahead. <laughs> the, uh, the box, the designs of the boxes are really cool. They're magnetic and double-sided, so it's kind of maybe hard to explain uh, just with words, but essentially the top and bottom or the front and back of the box, I suppose, are magnetic and come off completely. And on the underside is the killer board and the location board. So, And then inside, on each side, are inserts with plastic covering them so they don't fall out. And one side has the killer's components. The other side has the location's components. 
So the boxes are all like an integral part of the thing, uh, which is like very cool. And the way they've designed it is very stylish and neat. Uh, at the same time, and I've only played the game one time, I know I, they have said that for again for season two, they're going to do more stuff for the Kickstarter. They're going to have a big box solution. And already I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. But you know what? Just give me the big box. I'm kind of like ready to just have a storage system for these because right now I have five, you know, hostage negotiator original sized boxes stacked that I'm just like, it's just sort of, it's sort of weird. It, this is definitely one of the fun things of the Kickstarter era. And once again, it's just like going back to the video I made, I talked about the expansion because I'm like, they're already out. They came out with the game because Kickstarter was, they were there. This wasn't like you were, you wait until like, you know, when we get like a legendary pack or something, it's like all the legendary came out. It's like, there is the base, but you could buy all the stuff already. So it's like, well, just give you the box that holds it. You <laughs> yeah. know that you put it there. This wasn't a, we'll make a base. We'll see what we do for the expansions. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And I mean, maybe there's a lot more people that only just want one or two of these. So maybe it's, that's just what they factored into it. I don't know. But like I said, I'm, I'm, con I, I'm conflicted because I do think it's cool. Like I'm kind of of both minds or I, I like it. And at the same time, I, it's, it's sort of inconvenient, but it, it is really cool. <laughs> like it is kind of fun to take them out that way anyway. So that's, so there's some like weird stuff revolving the design of the boxes and all that stuff in terms of the game itself. I, I have no, I really have no complaints. I just did my first playthrough. Just like I did the basic scenario with the stuff I mentioned earlier. And Already, even without mixing and matching different characters or whatever, there's different items that can come into play. There's different events that will really change things up. And I can see plenty of replay value. Even if you just get one or two of these sets, maybe you, you'd have a lot of different combos to play with. Compared to Hostage Negotiator, now I'm sure that eventually when I, if I stream this game, uh, because it's on camera, my luck will not go well. But I do think compared to Hostage Negotiator, I felt like I had more power over what i was doing how i was doing i didn't feel like i was as dependent on the dice rolls and hostage negotiator really is the dice are everything and if your dice are bad no matter how many advantages you try to pile on you're just you're doomed and i think in this there's more options there's more stuff you can do to get around that there's also the way your currency works for buying new cards each round you start with a default of six and some of your actions, it's, it's represented by time. And some of your actions will cost time. But if you pass early, or maybe you get some actions that actually give you some time back, you start with a base amount that you can then spend on new cards. And I really liked that because I felt like, worst case scenario, maybe I would just like pass early. And I know I'll have something to buy some new cards with. Whereas in Hostage Negotiator, frequently I would feel like I... I didn't, I just didn't get the conversation points that I needed. So I just can't get any new cards and I'm floundering. Uh, yeah. I mean, we watch you go through the campaign. <laughs> I mean, I made a snake eyes emote just cause like <laughs> it really does seem, I'm glad to hear that they seem to do something to help mitigate. I mean, that's always the thing. It feels How, to me a lot better. Yeah. Balancing luck. And that's great to hear. So yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm excited, excited to actually see you, uh, bring it here and just to, even just watch you play like here and something because some, it's 
I'm really curious. I think this is, it feels like a perfect fit too for a solo game, you know, going back to the theme. And even with the, the randomness, hostage negotiator, really cool idea. So it sounds like so far though, like, and which excites me very positive or yep. positive, I should just say, I guess. Definitely positive. I'm excited to try the other stuff out. And, and even just again, in just the basic, not the base, but <laughs> the basic. <laughs> I, I love now you, it's, there's basic versus base now. Uh, yeah. The one that I feel like is kind of the, I mean, like it's the one that they have examples for in the rule book, even, you know, it, it really feels like at some point they were going to put this in the core box. They just made a decision not to later. Um, but uh, th there's still some cool stuff. Like I, I found a motorboat, motorboat keys, and it puts a token on the map. And then you can like use the boat to drive across the lake. Also, there's a thing with the killer that is reminded me a lot of the Friday the 13th video game. It's a similar thing where as the game goes on, they gain power. And they have a track, so the longer it goes, the stronger they get, the faster they can move. Uh, so you're worrying about that. It's it's and it's got a lot of neat ideas in it. Yeah. And uh, there's also a, a book that I have that's uh, like a scenario book, so you can they have suggested setups so you can play through and stuff like that. So I, I'm curious, by the way, really quick, going back because there's the Kickstarter too. Dinosaur World's rulebook had all the expansions in the base rulebook. Does that? rule book tell you everything uh I'm curious if they included it in the like no in, in the no. base rule book not basic <laughs> the base rule book no i mean each each expansion has its own specific setup and rules and yeah they're only you have to look in those boxes to find that okay so they didn't just assume like you're gonna get them all so we're just gonna put them in the base book <laughs> they did but none not. of the not none of the monsters you'll need to get those right <laughs> yeah yeah no at least there's that, that would be a big tease <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah on that front it's pretty friendly so that is final girl again i do not know i mean i think season whenever season two comes out which is probably sometime early 2022 maybe is my guess or maybe spring You'll be able to buy these. I don't know how readily available they are at retail or anywhere like that. I don't know how that's going to work for distribution, but. Well, hopefully uh, it, it does well, because like I said, I would be very excited to try out once the Xenom, whatever their Xenomorph equivalent is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that they're already going in on season two and, you know, I think Van Ryder knows what they're doing at this point. Seems like they're going to, they're going to keep coming with those. Just make sure you get the core set and also another thing with it. <laughs> well, Jonathan, you're going to have to now make a list of like favorite monsters. <laughs> Which yeah. one should people buy first? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Is well, monsters the official term they use? I think they call them killers. Okay. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Because some of them are just like a guy. <laughs> right. But I, I could I could see either working. You know, it depends on your you know? perspective. If they're, yes. Are they truly a monster? Right. Well, and yeah. I mean, how you define monster? I feel sometimes monster just defines as creature. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of fun thematic stuff in it. All right. Um, we'll probably go a little short today just because it's just the two of us. We're not and we really didn't get a chance to play much. So we're not yammering on as much as usual. But I did think that towards the end to fill out the show, maybe we'll play one of my famous ones of these board game game. Uh, nothing fancy. There's no there's no competition or anything happening tonight or today whenever you're listening to this. But I thought we could maybe, since it's, it's on our brain, we're talking about Mega Man, the board game. We're talking about Pokemon. I thought we could play another edition of Screen to Table 
if you recall, uh, uh, I think it was our very first episode, perhaps we, we came up with our ideas to adapt space jam to a board game format. Uh, and I thought this this week, I don't have a specific idea to be honest with you, but I thought a video game of some kind might be a good subject that has yet to be, have been adapted to a board game that we could select that's maybe something in the zeitgeist, something people are talking about that that, that we, we might throw played. some ideas around. Is there the first well the first thing that comes to mind is uh Far Cry six, I think came out a little while ago, but I have not <laughs> have no Far Cry. Any... Also, isn't there I think there is a Far Cry board game. <laughs> <laughs> there might be. Um, I'm pretty sure that was on Kickstarter uh, a while a while back. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I was trying to think of some kind of a video game, or it could be one that already exists. That you know, what about? I mean, here, maybe here's a, and I'm just saying this off the top of my head, and we could reject it and move on. But one that's had a pretty big release <laughs> lately, and is I'm pretty certain doesn't have a game is Grand Theft Auto. That's that's a good one. I'm laughing just because I searched and I forgot one of the games that just came out. It just I don't even think I'd be keep bringing this freaking up again for Dinosaur World is the new Jurassic World uh, Park Simulator. Oh, oh, Jurassic World Evolution. Yeah. Two or whatever came out. <laughs> I, yeah, because I remember. <laughs> oh, Every, everything yeah. comes full circle. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do let's do Grand Theft Auto. So. The definitive edition of Grand Theft Auto came out. It's real definitive, I've heard. Uh, but uh, I, I know I, I'm not. I don't go way back with Grand Theft Auto, but I played four and five, and so I've played the last twenty years of Grand Theft Auto games. <laughs> and uh, oh, and Chinatown Wars on the DS. I really like that game. Uh, but yeah, what do we what do we think about a Grand Theft Auto board game? Obviously, it would have to be open world. I mean, you get. Of all the of all the games, right? I feel like that's almost a trend these days. That's maybe a little even overplayed in board games. Uh, I feel like obvi- with Grand Theft Auto, it has to be that. I feel like it probably does. I could see you making a clever one similar to like the Bloodborne card game. That's true. That yeah, I guess I'm thinking um, of like a this is the like ultimate. Yes, Grand no, Theft well, Auto board it was. Game. It was one of the earlier. It it was in the open world genre before open world felt overplayed. Yeah, no, it pretty much, I mean, it basically created it. I mean, it probably did. I just, I don't know my, I didn't want to. Be there like, might be like one or two other technical examples of it, but I'm pretty sure Grand Theft Auto 3 was the first time that really was a thing. The way I imagine this game would work is I would make it probably competitive. Yeah, that was my next question. A large open world map. I could see it. I'm building this app as a huge Kickstarter game. Or game found game. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you could have different cities and maps and they'd have their own decks mm. for locations, like similar to Arkham Horror, like different places, like quests and stuff. Each person would have their own board that uh, that would have to have a, what what do you call it? The stars, like when you're being chased? Yeah, yeah. The official track? Yeah, it's the stars, your police-ometer. <laughs> and that could be used to... Either like depending on what you, you there could be a police deck and you depending on stars you read a thing or maybe there's a a, po- a police minis and stuff that move around the map as well so that could be a way you could maybe distract someone and make them go towards your opponents and stuff I mean and the simple goal I mean Grand Theft Auto is all about just you know making money and infamy kind of deal you know you're the like the gangster mafia member or whatever I guess depending on the theme of the game in the yeah. character so i would just have like different goals for that that's what you're building up 
Yeah, I I 100%. My first thought was most money, but I could see like a, you know, like most power or something like that. Uh, but yeah, money seems like a, a pretty basic goal. Have the most money or get a certain amount of money. Um, I definitely think, yeah, I think it would be cool if there maybe uh, on the board. I mean, the thing is, you know, what are you actually doing on the game board? But whatever it is, I'm assuming you're going to be committing crimes. And I think that has that would probably be the risk reward of you can do like more high profile, more valuable crimes. But the the more the more money it earns you the more the cops are going to be after you. So you might play by like trying to stay under the radar and do just a, a lot of smaller heists, or you go for one big one. And if you have enough weapons and stuff, then you have to fight off the cops at the end of the round or something. <laughs> I, I can yeah. imagine there's actually even like a small sub board at time. Like if you're at the bank, you're doing a bank heist, you have to move around and shoot. And if you take too long, other people might be able to come in and sneak around and take the money from you. Oh yeah. I mean, there's like, gotta be, there's, there has to be PVP, right? There has to oh, be, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be able to attack each other. Uh, and I think, you know, you sell this thing as the base is, uh, like vice city or whatever. Right. Exactly. That's what I meant. Like there's different maps, but I think that's X and stuff. I would, yeah, I would imagine I'm thinking each one is like its own, like you, I don't think you would mix them. Does that, does that make sense? I think you would like, no, I get where you're coming from. Um, Cause I think each city is each game is distinct enough that you can, there's like plenty of lo, d unique locations and characters. No, yeah. I, I think, I think there could be mixing, but my, the way I viewed it is they're all like standalone. Like you can just buy the Liberty city, but if you buy the vice city, maybe like there are some things that have to be, it only makes sense there. Like in that city, because there are certain, characters or locations but mm. i can imagine like there's an this comes with an aggressive police deck or something or this one like there are some components maybe like player characters as well yeah yeah i could also see a cooperative version of this too or you know like in grand theft auto 5 you have three characters oh that's just a stretch goal my friend <laughs> yeah like you could do the heists together but it does seem like i do feel like the a more Strip it fits very well. Yeah, it makes more sense at, at the outset. But I, I, I'm, I'm kind of into this. Uh, yeah, obviously there would be like shops on the board you'd spend to get weapons and or new cars. Obviously, you're getting new cars, or I guess you just steal cars. <laughs> that that's got to be a whole mechanic, right? You're like, like are well, you walking I, around I on think, the board? I think there would be like when you stop on a street space, you can like draw from the street deck and it'll tell you what car you car you see there. Do you want to try and steal and have like a roll dice and like push your luck thing? Yeah. Yeah. That could, that could be cool. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could do that. And of course, Kickstarter wise, you know, God, you could really, you could really get a lot of money out of people with <laughs> helicopter minis and tank hey, minis. And with Grant, after seeing Grand Theft Auto online, they know <laughs> they can get that money from us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, now that we've talked about it, I want to, play this game <laughs> this sounds really good <laughs> uh this sounds like a lot of fun can i uh throw in a little bit of a bonus for this for your board game game here mostly because yeah. it's not a new game but i will be talking about this but i watched the live action firefly uh i'll talk about the audio expansion but now i was watching i was like well now that's live action can Wait. we get stills and 
He's... Not five. Wow. <laughs> uh, Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> I, I, I switched it. I want to add now then to take stills of that and put it in the Firefly game. I was really good. I had so many questions. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, I mean, like, I'm like, I bet you could and no one would know. Like you, if someone had seen the show, they'd be like, oh, that's just probably someone from Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my little fun. Just but I never I just what I was thinking while watching. <laughs> what a fun bonus. I liked it. <laughs> All right. Well, so there's your there's your game. There's your screen to table. And there's our uh, episode for the week. We thank you for listening, everybody. We hope that you enjoyed the show and hopefully you're having a good start to the, the big old holiday season that is starting now and will probably never end. And if you want more Roll for Crit, you can find links to our YouTube content, weekly live streams, merch, and more at our website, rollforcrit.com. You can also support us on Patreon if you want to join our Discord server or get even more audio goodness with our weekly audio expansion episodes at patreon.com slash rollforcrit. Or mm-hmm. just rate and review us on iTunes. That also helps us out, and it's free. And if you have a question or comment or maybe an adventure for Roland Criterion to go on, you can submit that to us, emailing us at meeplegallery at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And as Jonathan said, let us know your thoughts on anything. But until then, I'm Will. I'm Jonathan. And this has been the Roll for Crypt Podcast.